And welcome to episode 78 of The Word Encounter, where we will pick it up in uh, chapter 21 of Second Chronicles. And we find that uh, Jehoshaphat has rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And his son Jehoram became king in his place. Now, Jehoram had six other brothers, uh, but the word says that in verse 3 that their father had given them, meaning the brothers, uh, many gifts of silver, gold, and valuable things, along with fortified cities in Judah. But he gave the kingdom to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. And so Jehoram became king over Judah, and his brothers got these other gifts in other cities in Judah. But it says in verse 4, when Jehoram had established himself over his father's kingdom, he strengthened his position by killing with the sword all his brothers as well as some of the princes of Israel. Now, here's a detail that we didn't get in Kings. And so we, we didn't see this in Second Kings with regard to um, the treachery, if you will, um, that Jehoram had conducted in order to solidify his power base. He killed his brothers. And then it says in verse 5, Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, as the house of Ahab had done, for Ahab's daughter was his wife. And so we see that there was this alliance, as we found out yesterday, between uh, Judah and uh, the house of Ahab uh, through marriage. And so um, it's, it, it, we find out here that um, uh, he walked in the ways of Israel because he had learned this stuff through marriage, you know, from his, uh, from his wife, who was the daughter of Ahab. And so obviously the only thing he could learn from Ahab uh, was evil dealings and evil doings, and that is what he did. The word says that he did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But for the sake of the covenant uh, the Lord made with David, he was unwilling to destroy the house of David. And so um, Jehoram was allowed to stand uh, because he was in the line of David and uh, the Lord had covenant with David. But it says the prophet Elijah sent Jehoram a letter. We don't find this again in 2 Kings. In verse 12, it says, Then a letter came to Jehoram from the prophet Elijah, saying, This is what the Lord the God of your ancestor David says, because you have not walked in the ways of your father Jehoshaphat or in the ways of King Asa of Judah, but have walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, having caused Judah and its inhabitants of Jerusalem to prostitute themselves like the house of Ahab prostituted itself, and also have killed your brothers, your father's family, who were better than you. Ooh. The Lord is about to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and all your possessions with a horrible affliction. <clears throat> In other words, he's not going to get away with this treachery. Uh, you yourself will be struck with many illnesses, including a disease in the intestines, until your intestines come out day after day because of the disease. Yeah. <clears throat> And in verse 16, it says, the Lord roused the spirit of the Philistines against uh, and the Arabs who lived near the Cushites to attack Jehoram. So they went to war against Judah and invaded it. They carried off all the possessions found in the king's palace and also his sons and wives. Not a son was left to him except Jehoahaz, his youngest son. And so the Lord, you know, the spirit came on his enemies. They attacked Judah and they took everything out of the palace and they took his wives and all his sons, except for the youngest. 
And then in verse 18, it says, after all these things, the Lord afflicted him in his intestines with an incurable disease. This continued day after day until uh, two full years passed. Then his intestines came out because of this disease and he died from severe illness. How painful that had to be. It says his intestines came out. Ugh. And in verse 20, it says Jehoram, no, Jehoram was 32 uh, years old when he became king. He reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He died to no one's regret. He died to no one's regret and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Mm. Then in chapter 22, it goes on and says, uh, uh, um, uh, Ahaziah was his youngest son and Ahaziah became king. And in verse two, it says, it says um, Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, granddaughter of Omri. Now, remember Athaliah from previous episodes, but well, I'll remind you in a second. Uh, verse 3, he walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother gave him evil advice. So his mother gave him evil advice, and so he walked in the ways of the house of Ahab. And so, um, therefore, uh, he was killed. You know, he, he was killed in battle because he walked in the ways of um, the house of Ahab. And then it says in verse 10, when Athaliah, Ahaziah's mother, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to annihilate all the royal heirs of the house of Judah. And so we, we learned that from previous episodes. And so all the royal heirs, which were uh, her, yeah, her grandsons, she started eliminating them because she wanted to consolidate power. And then it says in verse 11, uh, Jehoshabeth, uh, the king's daughter, rescued Johash, son of uh, Ahaziah, from the king's sons who were being killed and put him uh, and the one who nursed him in a bedroom. And so we didn't know that um, Jehoshabeth was her name. And we knew that it was an aunt that took him and saved him, but we didn't know her name. Now, this is interesting. It's another detail we didn't get in 2 Kings. Now, uh, Jehoshabeth was the daughter of King Jehoram and the wife of the priest Jehoiada. Now, that, that's what we didn't know. We didn't know that she was Jehoiada's uh, wife. Now, remember that Jehoiada was the priest that, um, that basically taught Johash everything that he knew. And so it says, since she was, um, since she was uh, Ahaziah's sister, she hid Johash from Athaliah, uh, so she did not kill him. While Athaliah reigned over the land, he was hiding with the uh, he was hiding with them in God's temple for six years. So remember, they hid him for six years, and we went over the rest of the story in previous episodes, where um, <clears throat> Jehoiada hid him for six years and then brought him out and put a crown on his head, recruited guards and other members of the army to protect the palace and protect the king. Then Athaliah found out, and she went out and said, treason, treason, treason. And then Je Jehoiada said, take her away and kill her, basically. And so they took her away and put her to death. And so those details were in Second Kings that we already went through. And then, um, but we get into some more details in this, these whole events that were not covered in Second Kings. And then it says in chapter 24, Jehoash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. 
Throughout the time, uh, throughout the time of the priest Jehoiada, Joash did what was right in the Lord's sight. And so we find that that, that as long as Jehoiada was alive, then Joash was cool. Now we, we said that in previous episodes in previous episodes, but again, details were missing. And so uh, in verse three it says Jehoiada acquired two wives for him, were uh, acquired two wives for jo- uh, Joash, and he was the father of sons and daughters. And so we go on to uh, verse 15 in chapter 24, and we find out some of the things Joash did after Jehoiada had passed. And it says in verse 15, Jehoiada died when he was old and full of days. He was 130 years old at his death. He was buried in the city of David with the kings because he had done what was good in Israel with respect to God and his temple. And so Jehoiada, a priest, was buried with the kings. And so that was a tremendous honor. And so we go on to verse 17, the word says, however, (laughs) after Jehoiada died, the rulers of Judah came and paid homage to the king. Then the king listened to them and they abandoned the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors and served their Sharapoles and the idols. And so after Jehoiada died, then uh, we had uh, some rulers some other rulers of Judah came to the king and essentially, I guess, convinced him to dump the Lord's stuff and let us worship our idols. That's the way we should go. And, and so it says, so there was wrath against Judah and Jerusalem for this guilt of theirs. In verse 19, nevertheless, uh, the Lord sent them prophets to bring them back to the Lord. Uh, they admonished them, but the people would not listen. You see, we can't blame the rulers and the kings here because the word says the people would not listen. They would not listen to the prophets that tried to bring them back to the Lord. This is on the people. And then in verse 20, it says the spirit of God enveloped Zechariah, uh, son of Jehoiada, the priest. He stood above the people and said to them, this is what God says. Why are you transgressing the Lord's command so that you do not prosper? That's a good question. He's saying, why are you going against the things of the Lord? And, and they're not prospering you. When you went with God, you prospered. But now you're going in your own direction and you're not prospering. Why? That's a great question. And then he goes on to say, because you have abandoned the Lord, he has abandoned you. But they conspired against him and stoned him at the king's command in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. And so they had stoned Zechariah, who was the son of Jehoiada. Jehoiada is the one who saved the king's life. He saved Joash's life by hiding him from his grandmother, taught him everything he knew with regard to following the Lord and the land prospered and King Joash prospered. But then Jehoiada dies. Jehoiada goes off in a separate direction and it goes so far as to kill um, uh, uh, Joash goes off in a separate direction so far as to kill Jehoiada's son. And so it says, uh, yeah, but they conspired against him and stoned him uh, at the king's command. In verse 22, King Joash didn't um, remember the kindness that Zechariah's father, Jehoiada, had extended to him, but killed his son. While he was dying, he said, may the Lord see and demand an account. And so as Zechariah was stoned to death and he's dying, he's essentially making a plea to the Lord. May the Lord see what you're doing, the treachery that you're committing against me and against his land. 
and may he demand an account of you. And we will see that that account will be granted. In verse 23, it says, At the turn of the year, an Aramean army attacked Joash. They entered Judah and Jerusalem and destroyed all the leaders of the people among them and sent all the plunder to the king of Damascus. Verse 24, Although the Aramean army uh, came only with a few men, the Lord handed over a vast army to them because the people of Judah had abandoned the Lord, uh, the God of their ancestors. So they executed judgment on Joash. So we see that the odds were actually against the Arameans because they were outnumbered, but the Lord handed over the, the, the army of Judah to them uh, because he was executing judgment on them. In verse 25, then the Arameans saw that Joash had many wounds. Uh, they left him. His servants conspired against him and killed him on his bed because he had shed the blood of the sons of the priest um, Jehoiada. And so we see that his servants did not forget what Joash did to Zechariah. And so while he was injured, uh, they killed him. And it says, so he died and they buried him in the city of David, but they did not bury him in the tombs of the kings. And so Jehoiada, the priest, got buried with the kings. But when the king died, he was not buried in the tomb of the kings. And so <clears throat> it just shows you that, you know, Joash started out good, like so many do. It was like Solomon, started out great and whatnot. But in the end, he went his own way, his own separate way, and started doing a stuff that was against the Lord. Another cautionary tale, in, in, in my opinion, is not how you start, it's how you finish. You know, finish strong, you know, finish. We should be growing in the Lord. We should be we should be building up our strength in the Lord and we should be finishing strong. We should not be finishing uh, on the dark side, if you will. And so then in uh, chapter 25, uh, we go on and we find out that uh, uh, Amaziah uh, became the king. He was the son of um Oh, geez, I'm getting all, all of these kings of Joash. He was the son of Joash. So Amaziah became king. And then it said um, he did what was right in the Lord's sight, but not wholeheartedly. <laughs> That's what the word says. Uh, verse 2, he did what was right in the Lord's sight, but not wholeheartedly. And then it says um, Amaziah gathered Judah and assembled them according to ancestral families. He found there to be 300, a thousand fit young men who could serve in the army bearing spear and shield. And then in verse 6 it says, Then for 7,500 pounds of silver he hired 100,000 valiant warriors from Israel. And so from their northern brothers, he hired 100,000 of them to add to the, um, to the what, 300,000 that he had. In verse 7 it says, However, a man of God came to him and said, King, do not let Israel's army go with you, for the Lord is not with Israel. In verse 9, then Amaziah said to the man of God, what should I do about the 7,500 pounds of silver I already gave to the Israeli divisions? He said, I've already paid them 7,500 pounds of silver. You know, how am I going to get that back or what should I do about it? And the man of God replied, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. Hmm. <clears throat> verse 10, so Amaziah released the division that came to him from Ephraim to go home but they got very angry with Judah and returned home in a fierce rage. And so he told the Israelis, uh, the Israeli army, okay, 
we don't essentially we don't need you to go back. Now that was in in those times, you know, in the culture, that's an insult. You know, I'm I'm to go to war with you. I'm your brother. I'm to go with war with you, and more importantly, I'm to share in the reward after we win. But he sends them back, and they went home very very angry. And it says in verse thirteen, as for the men of the division uh, that uh, Amaziah sent back, so they would not go to war with him in the battle. They raided. They raided the cities of Judah from Samaria to Beth Horon, uh, struck down 300, no, stuck down, struck down 3,000 of their people and took a great deal of plunder. And so on their way back, after they said, no, you can't go to war with us, they went back and on their way back, they started raiding the cities of Judah and they killed 3,000 people and took a lot of loot. And apparently <clears throat> uh, Amaziah would not forget that. So we'll get to that in a second. In verse 14, after Amaziah came from um, the attack on the Edomites, he uh, brought the gods of the Syrites uh, and set them up as gods. He worshiped before them and burned incest to them, uh, incense to them. And so they went to war against Seir, and then they won, and then they brought back from them uh, idols and whatnot, and then Amaziah started worshiping these idols. And so... The man of God had already come to him and said, send the, the army of Israel back, you know, because the Lord has something against them. And so they go, go to war without any assistance and they rout their enemies and bring uh, back the plunder. But then the king starts worshiping the idols that they brought back. And so then it says in verse 14, uh, no, let me drop down. In verse 15, it says, so the Lord's anger was against Amaziah and he sent a prophet to him and said, why have you sought a people's gods that could not rescue their own people from you? Now, that's a great question. And so they go to war against the foreign peoples. They defeat the peoples, take their idols, and then he started worshiping the idols that they took. And so the prophet is coming to him and says, why are you doing this? You just defeated these people. Why are you worshiping their idols of the people that you just defeated? And so in verse 16, while he was still, while he being a prophet was still uh, speaking to him, the king asked, the, the king starts getting real snarky here. The king asked, uh, have we made you the king's counselor? And so the prophet is, is asking these questions, talking to him. And the and king is saying, okay, hold up, time out. Have I made you my counselor? What's up with this? And then he says, stop. Uh, why should you lose your life? He says, in other words, if you don't stop, I'm going to kill you. So just stop. There's no reason for you to uh, lose your life, but, you know, I didn't make you my counselor. And it says, so the prophet stopped, but he said, I know that God intends to destroy you because you have done this and have not listened to my advice. So the word goes on in verse 17. King Amaziah of, of Judah took counsel and sent word uh, uh, to Jehoash, son of Jehoaz, a son of Jehu, king of Israel, and challenged him, come Let's meet face to face. And we know from previous episodes what happens. Okay. We know that the king of Israel says, look, you need just, you know, you won this battle against Seir. Just, just, just revel in your victory. Don't come against me because you're going to get it. And sure enough, they got routed, you know. And then um, uh, Amaziah lost. And he should have, he, he got proud, but he lost. And it says in verse 27, from the time Amaziah turned uh, from following the Lord, a conspiracy was formed against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to uh, Lachish. However, men who were sent after him to Lachish and put him uh, to death there. 
And so they went after him, they killed him, and then they brought him back and buried him. And then uh, we see in chapter 26, it says, All the people of Judah uh, took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the place of his father Amaziah. It says uh, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. And so we know this uh, from previous episodes. It says, he did what was right in the Lord, in the sight of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. Uh, he saw God throughout uh, the lifetime of Zechariah, the teacher uh, of the fear of God. During the time he sought um, the Lord, God gave him success. And so then we see King Uzziah's exploits in war and what he had done, how he had waged war against the Philistines and won and so on and so forth. And then it says in verse 16, again, a detail we don't get in 2 Kings. It says, um, but when he became strong, he grew arrogant. Again, he had once walked with the Lord and everything was great, but he became arrogant and it led to his own destruction. He acted unfaithfully against the Lord his God by going into the Lord's sanctuary to burn incense on the incense uh, altar. Now that was not right because only priests are to do this. But in verse 17, the priest Azariah, along with 80 brave priests of the Lord, went in after him. They took their stand against King uh, Uzziah and said, Uzziah, you have no right to offer incense to the Lord. Only the consecrated priests, the descendants of Aaron, have the right to offer incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have acted unfaithfully. You will not receive honor from the Lord God. In verse 19, Uzziah, with a fire pan in his hand to offer incense, was enraged. He was upset that the priest came against him. But when he became enraged with the priest in the presence of the priest in the Lord's temple beside the altar of incense, a skin disease broke out on his forehead. And so he's, he's I guess he's raging against the priest. You know, I can imagine, how dare you? I'm the king. This is another. And then he starts to get a disease break out on his forehead. It says in verse 21, so King Uzziah was diseased to the time of his death. He lived in quarantine with a serious skin disease and was uh, excluded from access to the Lord's temple. And so and it says in verse 23, Uzziah rested with his fathers and he was buried with his fathers. Uh, and he was buried with his fathers in the burial ground of the King's cemetery. For they said he has a skin disease. His son Jotham became king in his place. So again, we're seeing in a lot of cases where kings uh, in Judah um, start out great, but they don't finish too hot. They they turn against his his uh, dictates and 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 laws and and and, and policies. And um, this seems to be a continuous thing going through the kings of Judah. And as we see in Chronicles, we get some details that we don't get in Kings. And so with that, we'll pick it up with chapter 27 tomorrow. Everybody have a blessed day. Bye-bye.